Let's give the Lord some praise together. Oh, let's lift up the name of Jesus. He's great and greatly to be praised. Oh, let's do that together right now. Thank you, Jesus. He's good on your worst day. He's faithful when you're not. Oh, let's give him praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. I'm so thankful to be here tonight. And um, God did tremendous things on Sunday. And um, I don't know all that happened, but I know what I felt and some of what I saw. There were some chains that were being broken. Amen. Some things that were being turned over in the Holy Ghost. And I think we're going to see the results of some of that in the coming days. And I've come with great expectation tonight. Amen. I don't come to church to see what might happen. I don't flip spiritual coins. I come anticipating. And I'm never disappointed. I, I came expecting tonight. Uh, hallelujah. And I just believe that he's moved by expectation. He responds to expectation. So I come with it tonight. And again, thankful to be here. Thankful for all that the Lord is doing. And I just want to get into what I feel tonight. And um, what I want to deal with, what I feel in the Holy Ghost is, I guess you could call it foundational. If you don't get this in your walk with God, you're not going very far. And uh, the last time I dealt with intercession at some point when I was here, and I believe that is the most powerful dimension of prayer. But without this, your intercession is not going to be that effective, and it will certainly never affect you as it should. And so I want the Lord to talk to us tonight. How many are open for the Lord to speak to you tonight? Amen. There's nothing wrong with a Bible study, but I am not the Bible study teacher tonight. I'm here to preach. And I pray that you're here to respond and receive the word of the Lord. How many want to go all the way tonight? All the way. Everything you've got, God. Amen. First John, chapter number 4, verse number 8. We'll also be reading from Philippians, chapter 3, and verse number 10. We're going to push a little deeper here tonight, and uh, I am a, if anything, I think I am a faith preacher, but you have to understand what produces faith. Amen. Faith is not excitement, and faith isn't positive thinking, but faith is produced in the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Amen. That's where faith is birthed. First John chapter 4. And I want to say uh, thank you so much to Pastor and Sister Mayo for all of the kindness and hospitality. Just everything has just been uh, above and beyond exceptional, and we thank them and for everyone that's involved in coordinating that. Thank you so much. First John 4. 
Verse number 8, he that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. Say that with me. God is love. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And I'm not here to plumb the depths of this verse. There's much here to unpack. But I want to extract a few things from it tonight. Philippians 3 and verse 10. Paul writing later in years, after all he's experienced, says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. By any means, I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And if you want to know what is it that you should pursue in your walk with God, is it a ministry? Is it a, is it a certain area of the church? It's, it's right here in this verse that I may know him. That is my assignment above anything else. If I don't get that, I don't get anything else. If I miss this, I have missed it all. And I believe the Lord wants to talk to us from this point tonight. I just want to simply entitle this relationship. Relationship. I want you to open your hearts. I want you to lift your hands. Would you lift your voice? And I want you to believe that the Lord is about to settle in this room and speak to us, minister to us, help us. Come on, let's pray together. If you're hungry for the Lord to work, would you open your heart? Would you let down your walls, your preconceived ideas? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind every opposing spirit that would resist your will in Jesus' name. I release faith to operate in this house. I want us just to push just for a moment right here. If you've got the Holy Ghost, would you just go ahead and stir up that gift? Ramando correando correche casaye. God, we're believing tonight. We're expecting, anticipating. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You can be seated. The Bible is full of all manner of descriptions of God, terminology, titles, phrases, you name it. There are many pictures painted trying to describe him. We understand that God is a God of mercy. He's also a God of vengeance. He is a God of wrath. There's many things that we could say that could describe him. But there is one statement that is made that is emphatic. It says that the essence of God, what makes up God, what God is, if you could cut him open and peer into whatever is there, this is what you would find. John says God is love. He is capable of anger. He is capable of jealousy. He is capable of war. He is capable of vengeance. He is capable of many things, but God is love. Oh, hallelujah. 
He is capable of anything that you can comprehend, any terminology that you can come up with. He is able to do all things. He has all power in heaven and earth, but the essence of God, the innermost being of God, what drives him, what motivates him, what fills his heart and mind, what has driven him throughout millenniums is love. That is what God is. Hallelujah. That is behind every action that he takes. That is behind everything that you and I are experiencing here tonight. If you are here tonight and think that somehow this is a product of a big bang and this was an accident somewhere in history, I'm here to tell you tonight you are absolutely wrong. Tonight we are here as a product of love. This is not a mistake that went awry in the garden somewhere. This was not God losing control of something that he once had control over, but you and I are here because there is a God that is possessed with a driving love, come on, that loves you and I more than you have the mental capacity to understand. God's got more love than you'll ever comprehend in a hundred years. Come on, somebody. God loves me so much that his love is extended to me not when I become religious or join a church. His love is extended to me not when I first repent of my sins and get my act together, but it is the love of God that walks into a bar room while you're drunk and out of your mind. It is the love of God that walks into that smoke-filled house when you're losing control and don't know what's come on somebody. It is the love of God that walks into an abusive house where all manner of violence is present. Come on. It's the love of God that walks beside that bed when you held the pistol in your hand thinking of blowing your brains out. It's the love of God that walks into your mess, that walks into your chaos, that walks into the darkness of your sin and says, I can do something about this. Come on, come on, we can move on from here. It doesn't have to be this way. It was the love of God that found me when I did not deserve it. Praise God. There's no love like God's love. There's no love as powerful as God's love. Amen, human love is fickle. It is limited. If you don't think I'm telling you the truth, you live life long enough, and you'll find that people's love has its limitations. You hurt people deeply enough, you say certain things, take certain actions, push the envelope with certain people, and they will cut you off that quickly. There are people in this room right now, you've got family and friends that will not speak to you. Why? Because love, human love, is conditional. It is limited. It has its boundaries. It has its beginning and ending points. Hallelujah. But God found me when no one could love me. God found you when you had nothing to offer him. God found you when you were of no value to anybody. God found you in your most broken state. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God chose the moment when we were at our lowest state to show us the greatest act of love that humanity would ever see. Oh, hallelujah. There's no greater love than the symbol of the cross and everything that it represents. Hallelujah. He poured out his love for all to see. He was not coming to the 
religious. He was not coming to the perfected, or at least those that assumed that they were perfected. But the love of God is for everybody. Doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what gender you are or think you are. It doesn't matter what your background looks like. It doesn't matter how many years you've been hooked on drugs. It doesn't matter race or nationality or language. It doesn't matter how many marriages you had before you came to God. The love of God is for every person. Come on, somebody. You believe what I'm saying right now? God loves people regardless of where they are coming from. You cannot earn the love of God. You cannot chase the love of God away. When people's love runs out, the love of God keeps reaching. When people say, I can't do that anymore. I, I, I just can't love you like that anymore. When people walk away from you, the love of God is still there. It is still powerful. Come on. There is no force on planet earth that can compare to the power of the love of Jesus Christ. Come on. I'm telling you right now, the love of Jesus can bring a family together. The love of God can turn your school upside down. Oh, Come on, somebody. The love of God is one of the greatest evangelism tools you'll ever know. The love of God can turn your school into a revival zone. Come on. Come on, the love of God can reach the hardest convict, can reach the worst drug dealer, can touch the worst gangbanger. I don't care how scarred, how broken, how angry, how violent. Come on, I'm seeing the love of God come down and begin to turn them around. There's nothing like it. I said there's nothing like it. Hallelujah. His love can reach anywhere. I don't care how many years they've been away from church. I don't care how much of an atheist they are. There is nobody that's beyond the reach of his love. You hear me tonight? There's nobody that's beyond the reach of the love of God. There's nobody that can escape it. Hallelujah. God is love. If you can imagine with me this great God before there is heaven and earth, before there are the heavens of heavens. This God, before there were angelic hosts, he was completely alone. Where is his beginning? We do not know if he has a beginning. It really doesn't matter. He simply is. He is the pre-existent one. But even at this point in time, when there is nothing, there is love. Because that is what God is. Hallelujah. Before there was an angel, before there were those singing praises, before there was a throne, before there were heavens, before there was creation, there was a God full of love. Yeah. However long he has lived before he creates the heavens, however long he exists before there are uncountable number of angelic hosts, there is a God full of love, and this God of love has no one to share it with. He has no one that can feel or understand what he is and what he is about. He has no one that can experience this love. He must keep it to himself. And this is what we find, if you will read it clearly, that drives every action, that drives every choice that he makes. He creates the heavens. He creates angelic hosts. And there are many that surround him. And now he is not alone anymore. And there is much noise and praise. And it is a wonderful place 
that he has created. But still, all of these hosts that surround him, that keep him company, that cry day and night, holy, 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 his God Almighty, they cannot feel nor can they understand the love of God. They can only observe it at a distance, but they can never know it themselves. And so, despite all that God is surrounded by, he is still alone. Despite all that is there, he is still a God of love. And there is still no one that can feel that love. Come on, is there ever been in, in a time in your life, whether you were, uh, whether it was a teenage crush or perhaps it was something when you were older, everybody at some point or time has had feelings and affections. But it was not something that was reciprocated. Not a fun feeling to have. To have so much love and compassion or passion for something but yet never being returned to you. This is how God feels. He is full of love and desiring to share it with someone. Desiring that someone can know it and could reflect it back to him. There is nothing. There is no one that can comprehend it. God creates the heavens and the earth. He puts all manner of beasts and birds and fowl and fish, you name it. It is a wonderful thing. He said, it's good. This is my greatest work. But there is still in all of that movement and activity, there is nothing that can feel. There is nothing that can receive. There is nothing and no one that can experience the love that is driving him. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible said that he walks into a garden. And at this point, he is no longer speaking as he has done throughout creation. But he digs his hands into the clay of the ground and begins to fashion a man. And the Bible said he breathed upon Adam the breath of life. And Adam became a living soul. And after all of this time, I don't know how many millenniums he waited. I don't know how much time was passed. If we could even measure how long it was. But finally, after all of this waiting, this great God full of so much love that he desired to share finally here in the garden was one. That he could share this love with Adam was a person that could feel the love of God, that could receive the love of God, and that could reciprocate it back to him. And God said, it is very good. This is what I have longed for. Come on, thank God for angels and animals, but this is my finest work. This is, come on, can you comprehend that? The great God with all power, desire to that moment in the garden. Come on, he desires to love and to be loved. He desires to know you and for you to know him. That is what drives him. That is what moves him. Hallelujah. Here is one that can feel, that can receive, that can express love back to him. God is thrilled. God is excited. This is what he has longed for. This is what he has anticipated. It's, it's almost as if, if you can picture a wedding day and, and, and bride and groom have kept themselves pure and, and there is much anticipation. This is perhaps in some way a similar feeling of what the Lord would feel. I have waited for so long. I have been alone. Even though I have been surrounded, I have been by myself. No one to understand me. No one to really know who me as I am. 
And Adam is now that man. There is also Eve. He creates Eve. And two people that can know him. Two people that can feel his presence. Two people that can receive it and return it. That's the basis of relationship. It is not a one-way street. I'm going to preach tonight. Relationship is not a one-way street. It's not get what you can get and then get on with your life. There is give and take in relationship. I'm talking about a biblical model of relationship, not whatever you got out of the world. Not whatever the pattern has been in your family for generations. I'm talking about what God desires out of relationship. It is a committed relationship, me committing to the other and the other committed to me. Hallelujah. And so God has these beings in this garden. This is a a wonderful place. It is an intimate place, a place where God and man walk together. And God desires, and I have said it for a long time, it's nothing original with me, but let me tell you something. God desires for us to be in His presence. How many believe that? But God also desires to be in your presence. Listen, if you're here tonight and you're serving a God that's far away, that some little trinket glued on your wall, and he, he sits high and, and far away and hardly hears anything you've got to say, and you serve him at a distance, I'm sorry, but you're not serving the same God I'm serving tonight. The God that I serve wants to get up close and personal in every aspect and every area of your life. He's not a God that wants to be known from far away, but he is a personal and an intimate God. And so the pattern that we see in the beginning is a pattern that God still desires in 2022. He is there with Adam and Eve. He wants to know them and he wants them to know him. It is give and take. It is not sit at my feet and shut your mouth. But as much as God talks to Adam, God allows Adam to talk to him. Come on. That is what prayer is. It is not just me giving God my wish list, but God wants me to talk to him and he wants to talk to me. It is communication one to another. Come on God wants to hear my voice and he wants me to hear his voice. Come on God wants me to spend time with him but he wants to spend time with me. I don't want to get ahead of myself here tonight but I can't tell you many times I've been in a place of prayer and go to leave And I have felt the Lord say, is that all? Are you done? I've been waiting all day for this moment. I've been waiting for this all day. And you've you've been busy. And I understand you've had things going on. But this is all the time we've got today. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You don't understand, and I want you to understand, and perhaps some of you do, but we've got to get a revelation, understanding how much God anticipates our time spent with Him. If church is just about you and propping you up and and putting the crutches back under your arms to push you to the weekend, I'm sorry you've made a mistake. Come on. Come on. What this is all about is knowing Jesus, and you'll never know Jesus on a Sunday-Wednesday relationship. It doesn't work that way. I'm going to rear back and say it again. You will never know Jesus in a thousand years based on two to three services a week that you show up to if you feel like it. 
But knowing somebody, it takes day after day after day, moment after moment, encounter after, come on somebody. Some of you have been going to church with some of these people for years and you still don't know them. Two or three encounters a week is not enough to know somebody. you got to spend time. You've got to devote some time to know somebody. The Pentecostal traditional model of a Sunday midweek Bible study experience and that would be enough to save us doesn't work. It was never intended to be a substitute for relationship, but that is what we have made it. Oh, say with me, we're going to get there tonight. That's why during the pandemic so many people lost their ever-loving minds because their relationship with God was shouting on Sunday and Bible study on Wednesday. And when the Lord said, I'm going to take that for a while, there was nothing else there. It wasn't a real relationship. It was something that was on the surface. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. All that was in 2020 was God seeing where you and I are at. Where is our heart? Where is our relationship? Come on, God wants to know whether it's convenient or not. Are you willing to still pursue after me? Are we still in a relationship whether this relationship is convenient or not? Because relationship is not always convenient. I said it's not always convenient. Praise God. Praise God. We see them here in this garden. He has given them everything. And he has made a rule. And so often so many people with a carnal perspective say, well, if he's so great and all that, why did he put a tree there? Because relationship is not relationship until there is choice. Hallelujah. Someone that would force someone into a relationship that is abuse. That is slavery. God does not force people against their will. Hallelujah. It is always a choice whether or not you're in relationship with him. See, God loves us so much. He's willing to love you knowing that you may never love him back. Hallelujah. He's willing to love a person knowing that they might curse his name to the day that they die that they might be a total atheist or a devil worshiper. He's willing to love them regardless. Come on, somebody. Mm. I feel the Holy Ghost trying to work in this house right now. I want you to just keep your spirit open. God wants to speak. And so within relationship, there was always choice. You are committed to your spouse if you are in marriage, but there was a choice every day to walk away from that marriage. Please don't get too quiet on me because I'm preaching the truth. Preach with me a little bit. Every day there is an option to walk away. It may be on a phone. It may be with another person. It may just be a trip in your mind. But there was always a way to walk out of relationship. Hallelujah. If there is only one choice, then it's a no-brainer. If God, Listen, God could have put Adam and Eve in a garden. He could have removed the tree. He could have removed the serpent. And they would have served him and nothing would have ever changed. Come on. But God is not interested in people that are forced to love him. He's got all manner of angels that praise him regardless. They don't even think about what they are doing. But he wants people. Come on. He wants a people that say, I choose you over all of this. Come on. I'm going to walk past pornography. I'm going to walk past meth. 
I'm going to walk past the shack up. Come on, somebody. I'm going to walk past alcohol, and I'm going to choose Jesus. Come on. God wants to talk to you tonight. God wants people that choose to be with him. And you're always going to have to choose him over something else. There will be a choice until the day that you die. And the choice may change, but it's always there. There's always another tree. There's always another voice. God's not going to have heaven full of slaves. But people that choose to be there. Choose to be there. Hallelujah. Oh, shaka, Isaiah. So, Adam and Eve are there. They're presented with a choice. The choice becomes louder and louder. With the choice, there is a voice presenting all of the benefits. Well, God's great and He's special, but look at the benefits that you can have if you come this way. There's always something that is alluring. There's always something vying for attention. Help us, God. Help us, God. And when we look at this story, it's easy to think that God is this vindictive, cruel, punishing individual that waits for us to make one violation, that waits for us to make one mistake, and he is there with the hammer to pound us. That is not what happens in this story. That is not what is displayed here. You've got to read it, and you've got to understand what God is. You've got to understand why this is taking place. This is all God's way of expressing love and love being expressed to Him. Come on. He wants everybody to feel what He has. He wants everybody to experience. Come on kind of a God. He could keep it to himself, but he calls everyone come, experience. He said come and learn of me. That is always God's call. That is always God beckoning. I want everyone to feel what I feel, to know what I know, to experience what I experience. What a selfless God. Adam and Eve have experienced things are mind-blowing. They have known God in such an intimate way, but they make the choice. The Lord has set a boundary. In the day that you violate this and you eat of the tree of knowledge, our relationship in this capacity is over. There has to be boundaries on relationships. God is not interested in the relationship perpetuated by Hollywood and all of the elites of our society that make commitments and put on a white dress in front of a church congregation, but they have an open relationship that we're committed on paper, but we'll have side flings and side chicks and side guys. I'm preaching to somebody right now. That's not the kind of relationship, honey. Jesus don't want to be your side thing. He's not interested in shacking up with anybody. Somebody. Everybody just wants what they can get out of relationship, and that's not what relationship has ever been about. It's about two coming together and becoming one and committing to each other. Relationship, the basis of relationship is commitment. And when you commit to God in a God-ordained marriage, you are saying yes to your spouse and you are saying no to everybody and everything else. Come on. It's not a try it for 30 days and see how it works out. It's not we'll do something different if this isn't what we thought it would be. It's... 
for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, for rich or for poor, when it's convenient, when it's thrilling, and when it is not, we are committed. Come on, that's what God is looking for in a relationship with you when you feel like it and when the feeling is not there. When life is easy and blessed and when life becomes painful, he is looking for somebody. Like Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. The Lord gives and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's looking for somebody committed. Come on, are you committed tonight? Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost working. Are you committed tonight? It won't always be easy. It won't always be convenient, but I'm committed. I'm committed. <laughs> and commitment creates boundaries. Certain things we can't do. Why? We're committed. Certain places we can't go, why? We're in a relationship and we're committed. Certain people we don't run with, why? We're committed in a relationship. Certain things we don't say. Certain things we don't think. Nothing has changed. And so it's just the same in this garden. God said, I love you, you love me. We're committed. Let's keep it that way. Here's the boundaries. When you cross these boundaries, you have destroyed what we have together. A breach of commitment violates relationship. Oh, hallelujah. Adam and Eve make a choice. This isn't cutting it for me anymore. This isn't thrilling. Eve has, she has become enticed. The Bible says we are drawn away by our own lust. She has become so enticed. She has become captivated by this. She is drawn away. She makes the decision. She makes the choice. And we know the story. God comes. He visits them. They hide. They try to cover their mistake. God becomes angry. He drives them out of the garden. And it seems like just a big old mean God that wants to hurt people. And that's some of our, in this room right now, that's some of our perspectives of God. That he's this great big God waiting to stomp you flat. You get quiet on me tonight, but I feel it in the Holy Ghost. But you've got to understand the dynamics that are at work here. There are people here under the sound of my voice <clears throat> that have had spouses walk out on them. Spouses that they have committed themselves to, that they loved, that they gave everything to. And without a word, without anything at all, they walked out. There's people here that your relationship has been so violated and trampled upon by other people's choices. You know the pain that that left, the, the abandonment that came with that, and the jilted feeling that it brings. There are, there are people here that parents, fathers, mothers, who, who you name them, have walked out on you and completely abandoned you. And, and the feeling, alone, I'm so alone, I'm by myself. Everyone that was committed to me has left me behind. This is the feeling that comes with it. And this is exactly the feeling. Listen, when you have loved so completely and so fully, it is painful when someone chooses to violate that relationship. When you have given your heart and soul. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. That's what you do in a marriage. That's what you do with children. You give them everything you've got. Come on, that's the way it's supposed 
supposed to be. Anybody with me right now? You pour your heart out for them. And this is what we find. Not an angry God that lacks emotion and feeling, but a God that has been so deeply wounded. A God that has loved so completely. A God, I've created all this just for you. I have done all of this just so you and I could have this feeling. I have waited for millenniums to know this. And in one action and one bite of fruit, you have violated everything. Come on. That is exactly how God feels. The jilted lover, the one that has been abandoned, the one that has had his love trampled upon like it meant nothing to them whatsoever. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. God was angry. When love is violated, people get angry. When love is trampled upon, things happen. Hallelujah. This is how God feels. Every time somebody walks out on him, come on. I'm preaching to someone right now. This is how God feels. Every time you try shacking up with him and something else at the same time, you'll never serve two masters. God is looking for someone tonight in this room on a Monday night to sell out completely. Come on, stop using God as your side. I'm I'm preaching to somebody right now. Stop making God the side thing that you do when it's convenient, that you pray to when it's convenient. Can I preach like I feel that you talk to when your world is on fire, when your kids are sick, when your marriage is on the rocks, when you need a blessing, when you need a raise. Come on, God is looking for someone that can go beyond that when things are right and when things are not. I'm here, Jesus. Come on. When everything is working and when nothing seems to fit right, I'm here, God, and I'm committed. I'm all in. I want us to reach out to the Lord right now. Come on, I don't want this to turn intellectual tonight. This isn't a college lecture, but the Lord is trying to speak into our spirit. Come on, would you talk to the Lord? Come on, let the Holy Ghost talk to you right now. Jesus, help us, God. Relationship is not based on feelings. It's based on commitment. I don't always feel like coming to church. I'm glad I'm the only one. I don't always feel like praying. I don't always feel like worshiping. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not based on how I feel. If I respond to how I feel, I probably would never respond to God. Some of you are in pain right now because of work. Some of you are tired in your body. Some of you are going through various difficult situations, and that is weighing on you right now. It's not always based on a feeling. Come on. God's not calling us to respond to feelings He is calling us to keep commitments. And commitments will carry you when feelings fail. And feelings will fail. I said feel. All the married people wave at me. The feelings fail, but commitment sustains it. Commitment upholds relationship when everything else falls apart. 
I don't feel like being here. I'm tired and I'm hurting. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, when you keep commitment, the feeling will follow. You hear what I'm saying? I say when you keep the commitment, the feelings will follow. Why don't you try it right now? Just begin to worship him. You may not feel it. It may be dry. But the more you reach, he said, draw nigh to me. And I'll draw nigh to you. He's going to start moving in your direction. He realizes the effort it takes you. He realizes the sacrifice. And he says, I'm going to respond accordingly. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, help us, God. I'm not here to be graphic and not here to make shock statements. Not what I do. But our world has turned a three-letter word into something that it's not. Sexual relationships are not love. That is not love. It is intended to be a byproduct of love. But that is the focal point of the world's relationship. It is physical intimacy. Jesus, help us, God. That is not all that God intended for relationship to be. Sexual relationship is not love. It is an act. Mm, Jesus, help us. If it was love, why is our divorce rate so high? There's no shortage of activity. But there's many today in this generation that don't even seek marriage. Why? Why commit to something you probably won't keep? Hallelujah. If it is love, why do we throw children away like they mean nothing? Why are the abortion clinics full? Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. It is not love. It is an act. It is supposed to be a byproduct and a part of what relationship is. Mm, Jesus, help us, God. Jesus, help us, God. Intimacy is a byproduct of a healthy relationship. It is not the main fixation. When you're in relationship with Jesus Christ, there will be spiritual intimacy. There will be moments when we are made to sit in heavenly places. And there are times you're going to walk in here with the headache and back pain. And you're going to be in a bad mood. Come on, there's going to be times you go to prayer and it's as if the heavens open. And before you can speak a word, the Holy Ghost is moving in such a powerful way. And there are times you walk into prayer. I'm talking about people that are faithful to pray, that pray often. You'll walk into prayer and it's like the heavens are brass and it takes 30 minutes to get somewhere. If you're driven by feelings, you'll walk out every time. Come on, somebody. Spiritual intimacy. It is a byproduct. The most important thing is time spent. The most important thing is to be in the presence of the one that you are committed to. It should be enough just to be together. It should be enough just to talk to the one that you love. It should be enough just to be in close proximity of the one that you claim. Come on, somebody. 
I don't care if you feel anything or not just yet. Jesus has been here before you walked in the door. The one that you claim to love, he's here. I said the lover of your soul, he's in this house. Stop waiting for intimacy. Open your mouth and talk to Jesus. Come on right now. Right where you're seated, would you just love Jesus? Would you just worship him for a moment? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on, open your mouth. I love you. I worship you. Come on. Jesus. There's been times I've had some difficult conversations with Jesus. Maybe you're not guilty. There's times I've been angry. There's been times I've had questions that he would not answer. Committed relationships can withstand all of that. God's not walking out when I've got questions. He's not leaving me when I get frustrated. People will walk out on your family will shut you off, but Jesus is always committed. He is the most faithful being the world could ever know. When I am not faithful, he is faithful. When I'm not consistent, he's consistent. Oh, shuck. When I miss my time in prayer, I feel his presence reaching for me. Come on. I didn't go to him, so he's coming to me. Come on, that's God. That's the love that God has. That's the commitment that God has. I'm going to tell you right now, God will not let one person go to hell until he has done everything in his power to reach them. God is going to reach for you every second of your life. Come on. You can sit here with your arms folded until Jesus comes if that's what you want to do. If church is just your thing that you do because you feel obligated. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus is going to reach for you regardless of your lack of response. Jesus is going to reach for you if you don't say another word to him. Come on. That's the kind of commitment that God has. That's the kind of love that God possesses. Oh, Jesus, help us, God. Jesus, help us, God. Relationship is about choice. I choose Jesus. Hmm. Not based on convenience, but based on desire. Jesus, I choose you over everything else. I'm going to tell some new converts, you need to cut some friends and some things off if you're ever going to be successful in knowing him. You can't know him and Brad Pitt at the same time. You're not going to know him and ever binge watch every show on Netflix at the same time. I can't hear you. You can't do your own thing seven days a week and show up on Sunday and claim to know Jesus. It doesn't work that way. The only way that you will ever know him is by the time that you spend with him. How can you know anyone that you never talk to and that you're never around? And we have churches full of people that sing about Jesus, that preach about Jesus, that teach about Jesus, and they don't even know who he is. We have people, I don't want to mess anybody up, that speak in tongues. I don't know Jesus. 
trying to help us tonight. It's not enough to have an experience at some point. But relationship is something we are called to. It wasn't a moment at an altar when I spoke in tongues and I went down in water. That was when we met. That was when we got acquainted. That was the launching point. That was the beginning of the rest. Come on, somebody. That was my first step in my relationship with him. Relationship is also about trust. Hallelujah. Trust is a choice. It's hard to trust people in our world today because people are so deceptive. People lie. People take advantage. People hide behind a mask. But he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Don't, don't lose me now. David said, I, I'm an old man, but I was young, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. What does that mean? It means that God is one that has a perfect track record. You, you can never be too certain about some people, but you can always be certain about God. Come on, somebody. Some people walk away, but Jesus never walks away. Some people change their mind, but God has never once changed his mind about you, regardless of what you've done or not done. Come on, somebody. Help me right now. I'm telling you, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I am God, and I change not. There is no shadow of turning. Come on. I'm telling you, God is not fickle. God doesn't wake up in a new world every day. God doesn't have to get up and say, how do I feel about them and all of the promises that I've made? Let me reevaluate our relationship. No, no, no. God is committed to the end. Come on, somebody. While everybody else walks away, while people are fickle, while human relationships are up and down like a roller coaster, he stays the same. I said he's never going to change. And so I choose to trust him with my life. I choose to trust him with my family. I choose to trust him with my marriage. I choose to trust him with my finances. Come on. I choose to trust him with my health. And I choose to trust him with my soul come on somebody choice it's a choice trust is a choice I trust he's going to take care of me I trust he's going to see me through I trust he's going to make a way I trust he's going to provide I trust he's got my best interest in mind help us God help us God I've already touched on it, but part of relationship is communication. You gotta talk to somebody if you ever gonna know them. You gotta open your mouth. It's difficult in 2022 because the only way most people can communicate is if they're typing something. Can I get a witness tonight? We don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to talk to each other. We don't know how to look people in the face. And now that we've gotten used to wearing masks, it's hard to see any human expression. We don't know how to read people. We don't know how to talk to people. We avoid people. Thank you, pandemic, for bringing that. We keep our distance. That's what's appropriate. But you never know people from a distance. You never know people from chance encounters at random. Come on, somebody. 
relationship is intentional. If you're going to know somebody, you've got to intend to know them. I, I, I want to get close to them. I want to know what makes them tick. I want to know how they feel about this or that. I want to talk to them about these different areas of life. Come on. How can you make a friend? How many of you have lifelong friends from childhood? You're still, you're still friends with them today. Anybody? Anybody? Raise a hand. Did that happen overnight? Took years. How many conversations are invested in those friendships? How many encounters? How many moments together? Come on, somebody. And we want to know Jesus through a choir song and a 30-minute sermon. Can't hear you. We want to know Jesus in a 45-minute altar call and not talk to him for three or four days in a row. And wonder why our world is collapsing. Wonder why. I'm going to tell you why some of us are so frustrated in our walk with God. This doesn't work the way the pastor said it should. It, does, it doesn't feel the way it should. It doesn't function the way that it should. It never functions when you are silent. Tell me, your marriages and, and your relationships with children, tell me how that would function if you told your spouse, I'm going to talk to you twice a week for about an hour and a half and that's it. Yeah, let me know how that conversation goes. Why don't you avoid your kids completely? I've only got time for you kids on Sunday. If I decide to show up. Don't get quiet on me now. If I feel like it, if it's convenient for my schedule, we'll talk on Sunday. I'll spend some time. The rest is me time. It's just up whatever I feel like doing, whoever I want to talk to or spend time with, but it's not for you. Come on. I'm going to tell you, those kind of relationships would crumble quickly. There would be no relationship if that would be the choice that many of us would take. Come on, somebody. How can we say that we know him? How can we claim to have any sort of a relationship with him when it is frequent and few that we ever spend time with him? Come on. God wants to know you in the most profound way. God wants you to know him, and he wants to know you, and that's never going to happen in 45 minutes to an hour in a moment of convenience. But I'm going to tell you how you know God. He said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. You know how you get close to people? The closer I have gotten to people is when we have walked the road of life together and we have each walked through painful moments together and we have shared grief and we have shared sorrow and we have cried tears. Come on, it's not all about the happy moments and the joyous occasions. Come on, to, to get to know somebody, you've got to live a little bit of life with them. You've got to experience life in everything that it offers and if you're going to know Jesus, it's not just in the powerful moments of his resurrection. It's not just thank God for another blessing. Thank God for a healing. But you really know him when you get down in moments of suffering. Come on. He was a man of sorrows. He was a man that felt pain. You know Jesus when you walk through life with him. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. It's not a relationship of convenience. Come on, let's reach out to the Lord right now. Let's reach out to Him. I feel a deep pull of the Spirit trying to settle in here right now. Would you talk to Him? Come on. Somebody talk to Jesus. Come on, all across this room, would you open your mouth? Anahe. Anahe. 
Come on, God's calling us to evaluate and reevaluate. Come on, would you do that right now? Come on, if it's awkward, if this is awkward, it's only because it's been too long. If this, if this is awkward, if it takes a, a preacher to jab you, to, to, to get us to a place where we can talk with him, it's because my relationship is stale. It's non-existent. Come on. Come on. The more you know him, you can just enter into that place at any time. The more time you spend with him, it won't take you an hour to feel something. Come on. Come on, the more you know him, you, you can call me crazy. Holy Ghost is here right now. You call me crazy, but when I feel him in the grocery store, we're going to start talking. Come on. I may be in the car and driving down the road with something on my mind. I can start talking to him and his presence begin to settle down. I don't wait for Wednesday night. I don't wait for Sunday. I don't wait until I've got to preach to talk to Jesus. Come on. I'm looking for him. And the more I look for him, the more he looks for me. The more I reach out to him, the more he comes reaching out to me. The more you come on, somebody. He is never an interruption to my schedule. He is never an interruption. He is, come on, I welcome him, God. I want to feel you every second of the day. I don't care what I'm doing. Feel free to interrupt my schedule and my routine by all means. If I need anything, I need the presence of God to sustain me. Come on, I feel his presence moving right now. Oh, my God. How do you know him? What kind of communication is it? I understand some of this is simplistic. Some of you are veterans of the church. Some of this is just, you know it. But it's not enough to know. Somewhere you got to do it. Hear me. Got a lot of people that know stuff and very few that do anything. Come on. God help us tonight. He is searching for us tonight and calling to us. Every time, every moment I spend in prayer, it's a moment I can draw close to him. Hallelujah. Prayer is an opportunity. Just as Adam had in the garden to speak and to be spoken to. To receive and to give, to feel and be felt. God anticipates every moment that you and I spend with him. See, some of us here tonight feel like we have no, are of no value. We have nothing to offer God. I don't sing. I don't play. I don't preach. I, I don't really have that great of a personality. I feel like most of the time I'm just here. God's greatest desire is to know you. I'm not the biggest tithe payer. That's not what God's concerned about. He wants to know you. I'm sorry to all those that have been jaded by phony religion that we think that God's after our dollars and he's after everything that we can offer. What God really wants is to know you. What God desires is to talk to you. Come on, is there one person here tonight that this is not just a sermon? You want to know him. Come on, I'm going to tell you, until you can get that desire, there are places in God that you will never know. You may experience them in a powerful way on a Sunday, but I'm going to tell you that there are places that God reserves for those that continuously seek after him. There are places that God puts on reservation for those that commit themselves to him when 
it is convenient, when it's not convenient, when they have to wake up a little bit earlier than usual because they've got to go to work early, but they don't want to miss their time. God reserves special places for people that say, I'm all in. Come on. Whether I have to wake up a little earlier or stay up a little bit later, whether I'm tired or weary in my body, the one thing I must do, I'm going to tell you prayer is more important than breakfast. Thank God for coffee. I need coffee, but I need Jesus a whole lot more. I don't know what my day is going to hold, but when I get full of the Holy Ghost, I can handle anything a whole lot better. When I get full of Jesus, come on, my day may be filled with uncertainties, but when Jesus is with me, everything is going to be all right. How are you ever going to get to know anybody? You got to spend time with them. I'm trying to bring this to a close tonight. Somebody can come to music. You may get close to people at times, but because of physical distance, because of circumstances that interrupt relationships sometimes. Time goes by, and I've had it happen. You've had it happen. We're not able to be around that person for a long time. When you get around them again, it's awkward. There's been so much time since we've talked. You have to get reacquainted, reconnected again. Separation makes things awkward. There's family, and I, my whole life, most of my life I have traveled, rarely around family. Family that you see occasionally, you, you should be close. We share the same name. But we haven't spent that much time together. So it's awkward. And that's how so many people live for God. We, we should know each other, but we don't. You know, there's so many marriages that they share name on paper. They share an address and they share bills. But they don't know each other. You can live in the same house. And you can learn how to coexist. You go this way and he or she goes that way. There's nothing there. On the exterior, it looks okay. I'm talking to people right now. On the exterior, it looks normal, but on the inside, it, there's nothing there. It's really just a shell. And a relationship like that won't last long. How many people live for God and they, they're in the same house? have the same name there's nothing there there's nothing there other than the occasional moment of worship, prayer, whatever but often it's just empty it's just an existence there's fiction to be a move of the Holy Ghost in this house in a few minutes Jesus help us God You know, I've learned I can, I can live my whole life, Pastor Mayo. I can die poor, no big deal. I can live and never have the house I want, have the job I want, drive the car I want, go to the places I'd like to go, know the people I'd love to meet. I can live without a lot of stuff. We can live. I learned that the hard way in 2020. There's a lot we can live without. There's a lot of things that don't really matter that we think 
matters. But I can't live without him. And if you've learned how to live without him, I'm, I feel sorry for you. I can't do it. I can't live without Jesus. Hear me, somebody. If you've learned how to do that, you've got to break that tonight. I'm telling you, God wants to visit every person. I don't care how dry you are. I don't care how much in pain you are, how empty you feel right now, how cold you are inside, how long it's been since you've even spoken in tongues or felt a flicker of the presence of God tonight, 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 on a Monday night, a moment you didn't expect it, God wants to turn it around. Come on, he's here on purpose. He's here intentionally tonight to meet with every person that says, God, it's been a long time, and this is awkward, but I, I want to get reacquainted again. Come on. In the best of relationships, there's moments where, where we say, well, there's, just, there's been too much distraction. There's too much that's come between us. Life has just risen up, and it's, and it's distracted from what matters most. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Come on, if you can't feel what I'm feeling, try try, reach for him. I can't make you feel it, but he's here and he wants you to feel what I'm feeling right now. Jesus, there's, there's been too much that's come between us and it's, it's on me. It's on my end. You've never quit trying, but, but I have. And I want to know you. I want to reconnect. Come on, I feel the Lord drawing people right now. that I never want to hear. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm trying to hurry to a close. I don't care what you do in the name of God. I don't care if you go build a church. I don't care how many people you teach Bible studies to. I don't care what kind of list of victories you've got when this is over. There's one thing he's basing my salvation on. He's going to say to many, depart from me. I never knew you. Knowing him is what matters most. And they're going to say, and, I, and we've put this on charismatics and denomination. I don't believe that. This is apostolics. Lord, didn't we do many things in your name? We built churches. We taught Bible studies. We reached people. There are families in that church that... They're there because I'm responsible for that. There's so many things. I taught this. I was over that. I... But in all of that, you and I lost touch. There are whole churches, and I have been in many, that sing and preach and play, and Jesus is never there. You reach a certain point where you can do this robotically, where you can do this without thinking or feeling. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. That's why the apostolic church has got to thrive. Come on. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. We, we can't afford to have dead, dull church. We can't afford to learn how to turn the crank. It's got to be real. It's got to be genuine. I don't ever want the form and function. They would have a form of godliness but deny the power. Many will say, Lord, we, we did all of this. But the Lord's going to say, that's not what it was about. It was about knowing me. And when you know Jesus, you'll draw other people to him. When you know Jesus, you can walk on the job and people, people start to pick up on something. There's something different. 
about you, about your spouse. I've, I've had them tell me, I don't know what it is, but I can't put my finger up. There's something different about you. The more you know him. He knew that they were ignorant and unlearned men, but they knew they had been with Jesus. Knowing him makes the difference. Come on, somebody. Ephesus, he applauds them. What a powerful church. He gives them a list of accolades. You've done this. You've done this. You're a thriving. You're a revival. You're doing this. You're doing that. So many successes and victories. Now, let's address one thing before I go. You have forgotten your first love. You've done all this in my name, but you and I have drifted. And if we don't fix this, all of this is going to fall apart. Return back to your first love. Because all that you've done doesn't matter to me as much as knowing me. Come on, somebody. I pray I'm anointed. I pray God uses me, but I don't care about that as much as I want to know him. Come on, somebody. Moms and dads, if you want your kids to be saved, it's not enough just to sit there in the pew. You better know Jesus for yourself. And when you know him, when you're reaching for him, it just becomes, the kids reach for what mom and dad reach for. Come on, I'm trying to close right now. The family goes where, where daddy goes, where mama goes. Come on, I want to lead people to Jesus. Not just with my words, not just where my feet go, but I want people to feel it. I know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I want to spend time with Jesus. There's people in this house right now. I want to know God. I, I, I want to have a relationship with Him, but, but I am dealing with things that are so painful. And it doesn't feel like God cares. It doesn't feel like God is aware. It doesn't feel like God can comprehend where I'm at, what I'm going through. Come on, I'm talking to people right now. I could put my finger on some folks in this house. God, does he understand where I'm at? The great God of love got off of his throne and came to earth so he could know how I feel and what I face. Come on, somebody. Isaiah said he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. We esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, not just his grief, but our griefs. He's carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, afflicted. He was bruised for our transgressions. Wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. He knows my pain. He knows my sorrow. He knows my loneliness and my rejection. Come on, I'm talking to somebody right now. Hear this preacher. He knows the level of my pain. For we have a high priest that can be touched, touched, moved. By the feelings of our infirmities. He is not this far away, hard, concrete statue, but he's a God that's moved by everything that I'm facing. Come on. He knows about pain. He has experienced pain, and he can relate to my pain. He can get down and dirty in my darkest situation. God knows how to sit with the broken. Come on, somebody. God knows how to meet me in my pain. God knows how to meet me exactly where I am. I'm closing with this. 
there was a point in time when I began to pursue God in a way that I had not. Desiring to see things in a greater way, desiring to see God move and manifest His power, desiring to see greater revival, I began to pursue Him with a vengeance. And there came a moment like somebody turned off the water faucet and there was nothing not a drip I could not feel the presence of God it, it shut off like you would turn off a light switch nothing nothing no matter what I did no matter what I said there was nothing I could not get the Lord to move I wish I could tell you it was for 24 hours and that's what I wanted to think but day after day after day I would pray feel nothing at all talk to God get angry at God, question God repent, start all over nothing nothing would change it's as if he had walked away completely and I'm going to tell you something you, that may not be a big deal to you but until you're there I, I promise you it's the worst I've had pain I've, I've had emotional, physical, you name it nothing is as bad as that the worst part about hell, it's not the fire. It's not the pain. I promise you the worst part of hell is eternal separation from him. Knowing that I will never, ever feel his presence again. I'll never feel joy. I'll never feel mercy. Nothing. It's gone forever. That is how that felt. That was living hell as far as I'm concerned. Nothing. Week, two weeks. I'm getting desperate. I can't function this way. I can't, I can't live without his presence. I'm going out of my mind. I don't know what to do. I've prayed all I can pray. And Brother Mark said, I called your uncle because I didn't, I didn't really know who I could talk to. Because we, we have a hard time admitting when we've got problems like that. I said, I can't, can't feel nothing. I can't even talk in tongues. I, I can't shed a tear. And I'm... I'm pretty given to emotion, at least when it comes to God. There's nothing. I, so I, I, I don't know what I've done. I, I've searched my heart. I've, I've looked. I've been praying for days, and it's just, it's just, it's like he's gone, and I can't find him anymore. And he said, well, it sounds like to me that your problem is relationship. And I really was taken aback by that because as far as I was concerned, I was putting in the time. I was going through all the motions. I was saying what needed to be said. Nothing had changed. It seemed like God had changed. He said, you've made this about everything else except what matters most. You've made this about results and stuff happening, but relationship is where it's at. That's where everything flows out of. He said, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Do what you want. He said, but in a moment like that, this is what I've done. He said, I'll... Now, I sit and pray. You pray how you want to pray. He said, I'll sit down and I'll pull up a chair beside me. He said, I'll say, Jesus, I want you to come sit beside me in this chair. And I'm not asking for nothing. I don't want blessings. I don't want miracles. I just want you to come and sit here. And I want you to spend time with me. I just want to talk to you. He said, you do that. It'll work. 
And I'm going to be honest with you, I heard that and thought that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That was my reaction. I, I, I didn't receive it. But you go another two or three days and you can't feel anything. I'll, I'll try anything. I'll try anything. I was so desperate, out of my mind, and I'm, I'm closing. So I went into that prayer room where no one was at, closed the door, and I, I got out the chair and I felt so silly. I felt like this, this is a lame idea. And I pulled that chair up and said, God, I, I don't, I've run out of options here. Something has to change today. I'm asking you to come sit in this chair and I don't want anything out of you. I just want to be in your presence. Jesus, I want you to come and visit with me. Instantly, it was like the lights flicked back on. The presence of God swept into that room in such a powerful way. The emotions opened up. The spirit began to move. I began to speak in tongues. God was saying, this is where it's always been. It's not here. It's not here. It's not over here. It's not there. It's right here in the presence of God. It's spending time with Him. It's knowing Jesus. If you can know Jesus, everything else can work the way that it should. Come on. I'm here to help somebody right now. Come on. It's knowing Jesus. That's what makes the difference. Some of you, marriages are dysfunctional. Relationships between friends and brothers and sisters and children. If you can get this relationship right, the other relationships in your life will begin to come together. But you got to get this one fixed. Come on, I want us to reach out to the Lord right where you're seated. Would you just close your eyes? Would you not worry about who's listening, who's watching, who's grading you because that's not what's happening. Would somebody talk to the Lord right now? Somebody that doesn't care what everyone else thinks, it's not here, worried about what you sound like, what you look like. That, that's who God's reaching for. Those that are just tired of caring, those that are just tired of, of doing things out of pressure, you want to know Him, and you just really don't care what anybody else thinks, would you, would you lift your voice? Jesus. Jesus. Come on. There, there's something that's been really deep here this entire service, and God's just waiting on, on somebody to tap into it. It's been here the whole time from the very beginning. Come on, would you reach out to the Lord? Would you reach out to Him? I want to know you. I want to know you. Somebody reach. Somebody open up your spirit. It's uncomfortable because you have to get vulnerable to know somebody. You've, you've got to open up and, and you can't be afraid to let emotions go. And you, you can't be afraid of spilling secrets. When you get to know somebody, you just got to let it all out. You, you can't get uncomfortable when certain topics come up. Come on, open up your heart right now. Come on, there's a spiritual healing that's in this house. Come on, reach out to him. Reach out to him. Reach out to him. Somebody open up your heart all the way. Come on. Come on. This can get dry. This can become obligation. This can become duty. This Come on. That's not what it's intended to be. Come on, it's in the presence of God that everything changes.
It's in the presence of God I find answers I need. It's in the presence of God lives are turned around in thy presence. There's fullness of joy. There's strength in the presence of God. There's peace and contentment in the presence of God. Come on, some of you here, you can't even sleep at night. You've got no peace. Why don't you come to that secret place with the Lord right now? Come on. Come on, some of you are going out of your mind with anxiety. There's peace and joy in the presence of God. Come on. Come and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. Come on. He gives us, He invites us to know Him. Come know Him. You got to seek after Him. You got to seek after Him. This altar is open if you want to move to the front, if you want to pray where you're at. But I'm asking you if you're going to stay, please talk to the Lord. If you're going to stay, if you need to leave, we understand. But if you're going to stay for a while, would you talk to Him? Come on, you don't stay out of obligation, but stay out of desire to know Him. I've got to know you. I've got to know you. I've got to know you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, would you lift your voice? I know it seems like not much right now, but where we're at right now, we're just sort of pushing on the door. But we're fixing to walk into the throne room right now together. Come on, push on that door. I got to know you, Jesus. I got to know you, Jesus. I got to know you, Jesus. It's not just about the blessings. It's not just about feeling good. It's not. See, some of us are so wired for feelings. We're waiting on the feeling. That's not what this is about. Would you reach out to Him regardless of how you feel right now? Regardless of how you feel. And I promise you, if you'll reach out to Him with everything you've got, you'll start to feel it. You'll start to feel it. Come on. Come on. Nah, yay. Uh, come on, open your heart all the way. Open your spirit all the way. Come on, young person, don't 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 do this because mom's doing it. Come on, reach for the Lord right now. Reach for the Lord. Come on, moms and dads. There's kids watching you more than you think. More than you think. Reach, reach, reach. Come on. Come on, church leader. It's easy to learn how to do this. But internally be falling apart. Come on, reach. Come on, preacher's wife, preacher, singer. Reach. Come on, don't get dry. Don't become empty. Come on, I know this is way different than what most people anticipate, but I'm telling you, God is taking us on a journey right now. Would you just get tunnel vision right where you are? Don't worry about anybody else. 
Don't worry about me. Don't worry about the pastor. Don't worry about who's beside you. I want you to forget about what you've got to do in the morning. I know some of you got school and work, but just if you can for a moment, just, just disconnect from everything else. And would you totally fixate upon Jesus? That's the only way you go very deep in the Holy Ghost. You've got to fixate. Fixate on him right now, God. If I do anything, if I get anything right, I've got to get this, this right tonight. Not, not Sunday, not, not in a couple months when I get some things squared away, but right now, something has to change. Something has to change. Something has to break. Something has to shift. Come on. Come on. There's some of us. The water got turned off a long time ago, and we're not even really aware of it, but, but tonight you, you have felt and been made aware. Come on, reach for Him right now. God, I want you to rain on me again. I want to feel your presence again. I want to know you in a way I have never known you before. Come on, reach. Come on, it's starting to build a little bit right now. Come on, let's press. Let's press. Uh, it's time spent with Him that opens the door for spiritual intimacy. Come on, reach, reach. Come on, don't be so macho that you can't cry. Don't let life harden you to the point you can't be moved. I want to be easily moved by His presence. Come on, this is what sustains us. This is what holds my world together. This is what's keeping my family together. This is what is helping me keep my sanity Come on, come on. We're going somewhere right now. From front to back, side to side, I want us to start pushing a little bit right here. Would you lift your voice? Would you start lifting your voice? Come on, we're going somewhere right now. That's it. Come on, there's got to be passion in relationship. It can never be robotic. Come on. Come on, bring a little passion into that moment with him. Jesus, I've got to know you. Come on, there's some others. Come on, I know it's complicated. I know that your situation is unique to you, and that's fine. But you sat there passionless long enough. Come on, someone's got to cry out. Come on, Bartimaeus was desperate for one encounter because that's all it takes to turn things around. Come on, someone in here get desperate. Jesus, tonight, tonight, it's got to happen tonight. Come on, I feel something shifting in the spirit right now. Come on, come on, invite that in. Invite that. He's here. He's here. 
He's here. He's here for you. If you had been the only one, he'd have come for you. He's here right now. Come on. Reach for him right now. Tonight, i got to know you. Tonight, I've got to put my hand on you. Tonight, I've got to feel your presence. I've got to feel your embrace. Come on. Come on. This is critical right here, right here, right here. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God knows the pressure of family problems and financial issues and health issues and marital strain, the pressure put on you by your kids. Come on. He knows the pressure from the job. He knows the life choices that are weighing on your shoulders right now. But I'm telling you, if you can get this right, it will help you navigate life. Come on. Come on. Reach for him. Reach for him. Come on, I need a few people to help me push right now. I need about 20 people to help me lead this. Come on, we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. There's no barrier. There's no limitation on his presence. He'll keep inviting you deeper. He'll keep inviting you inward. Come a little further. Come a little further in. There's always an invitation to come further. Come and watch with me. Come on, come further. Come further. And I'll share things with you I won't share with everyone else. Come further in. Come further in. Come on, don't wait for a feeling to lead you. Pursue after this right here. Don't let feelings lead your prayer. Pursue. Pursue. It comes in waves. It won't always feel the same, but it will come back. It can come in stronger. Come on, reach for Him all across this room. Come on, He's here. He's here. Come on, young man. Let Him saturate you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Come on, more important than you preaching or leading is knowing Him. Knowing Him is what changes lives. Knowing Him is what makes a difference. Come on, I cannot know Him for you. That's a choice we all have to make. I'm ready to make the journey. I'm committed to the process tonight. I want to know you. Come on, that's it. Come on, it's happening right now. Let's push right here, right here, right here at this moment. Would you push all across this room from side to side, front to back, right here, right here at this moment. Push, push. Do you feel that? Push. 
Right there, do you feel that? He responds to you. Come on, come on. He's moved by your response. Come on, that's it. Come on, I feel stuff breaking. I feel stuff moving. I wish somebody would forget what you look like and do what you feel right now. Somebody turn loose in the Holy Ghost. You're not out of order. Release that. Go, go, release that. Yes, yes, yes. Come on. We're in that place. This is what we wanted. This is what we sing about, what we preach about. We're in that place. Come on, step in all the way. Step in all the way. Press your way in. You got a right to be here. You got a right to be here. Come on. Everybody can come in. No one is to be excluded. Come on. Come in. Come on in. There's room. There's room for all of your problems. There's room for all of your troubles. There's room for all the pressure that's in your mind. Bring it to Him. Come on, that's it. Spiritual intimacy opens the door for the supernatural to take place. Spiritual intimacy opens the door for the miraculous to begin to happen. Come on. It's in knowing Jesus that things begin to change. Come on. Come on. We're here. We're here. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Don't worry about the time. Don't worry about what's going on. If you need to go, you're welcome to. But but I wish you'd forget about that right now. This is what matters. This is what matters. It's here. This is what my soul was created for. Right here. What you used to fill with meth, what you used to fill with alcohol, this is what it was created for. That empty place, this is what it was created for right here. This is what he made me for. Fill me. Fill me. Fill me. Saturate me. I need you. It don't matter how long it's been right now. Right now, He can revisit you. He says there are times of refreshing. 
that come from the Lord. That's a moment literally where you catch your breath spiritually. Come on, I don't care if it's been 30 years since you felt anything or talked in tongues right now. God can revisit you at the time of refreshing. Come on, it's here. It's here. It's here. That's it. Come on, I'm not here to belabor anything tonight, but just when you think you've gotten all you can get from him and you've gone as far as you can go watch this right now let's push one more time all across this room would you push with me all across this house as loud as you can get there's always more there's always more It's a well that never runs dry. It's a river without an ending. Drink of that well. Drink of that well. Come on, if it's appropriate, just for a moment, why don't you, if there's somebody beside you, would you pray? Lay a hand on them right now. Come on, there's some folks here that want it, but there's just there's just a struggle. It's just been a struggle. Come on, they want it. They want to go there. It's not that they lack desire. Sometimes we just need a push. Come on. Come on, lay hands on somebody right there beside you. Come on. We're going to go there together. We're going to visit that place together. Would you lift your voice? That's it. Come on. Come on, let's push right now. Everybody, everybody can go. Everybody can be a part. No one has to be left out. No one should be left out in the cold. Come on. Come on. Come on. Asando Korasha Makaya. Come on. This is for everybody. This is for everybody. Come on. Come on. Come in. Come in. Come all the way in. Don't just watch him from a distance, but come to where he is. Don't just know him at an arm's length, but come in. Soreha Namashorobosaya. Come on, some folks are getting victory right now that haven't received it as of yet. They're getting it right now. Come on. Come on, don't stop.
Come on right now. Your presence moves, God. Your presence moves Him right now. This is what He's longed for throughout all of time and millenniums. This right here is the most important thing on God's calendar right here. Right here. What we're doing right now, this is what moves Him. This is what the angels desire to look into. This is what stirs God up. Come on, right here. Right here. If you've ever wanted a rapt attention with God, an audience with the King, you've got it right now.